0: Hello, and welcome to Revenger's Friends from Work on the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network, where students come together to publish content to share with the world. The opinions expressed in this episode are my own. Please enjoy the show. You're listening to Revenger's Friends from Work, the podcast with your host, Christina Zellen. In this episode of Revenger's Friends from Work, the podcast, I'll be discussing what if... This is the 5th episode in a mini-series where I talk about each of the TV shows and movies of 2021. So, for the overall plot of this show, even though each individual episode had like mini-plots in it, there was actually like a whole big plot that we saw in the two-part finale. The series explores alternate timelines in the multiverse to show you what would happen if major moments in the MCU occurred differently and how it would affect our heroes, their worlds, and even their universes. In the two-part finale, we saw what would happen if the Watcher broke his oath and interfered with the multiverse and brought heroes together from different universes to take down Ultron. That was basically the overall plot of this show, was getting introduced to the Watcher and seeing what would happen if events that created heroes or really anything that happens in MCU... If they happen differently. Like, what if Peggy took the super soldier serum instead of Steve? What if instead of kidnapping Peter Quill off Earth, it was T'Challa? And what if this and this was that? That's pretty much the whole point of it. So, it wasn't... There wasn't anything too plot-driven for the MCU itself until we saw the Multiverse of Madness trailer. I'll get into that later, but for now, we're still talking about the plot. So... Leading up to actually recording this episode, I wasn't too sure how I was going to do this because I didn't really want to sit down and have a talk about each individual plot of the episode because that would be boring and be long. Because I'm counting the two part finale as one that'd be eight different plots I'd have to talk about, and I don't think you guys would want to listen to that. And I don't really feel like talking about that. So, like I said, I just went over the overall plot of the whole show, which is basically seeing the backstories to all these different heroes across all the different universes and why the Watcher chose them to face Ultron. And we saw kind of what the consequences were in in pulling people from different universes together. Well, first of all, they actually worked well together better than I thought they would have. I would have thought because, well, A, they're complete strangers, and B, their universes are different. So you kind of saw Peggy interacting with sinister strange and asking him oh like what's the peggy what's the captain Carter like on your universe he goes well on our universe steve rogers got this year i mean we got captain america she goes oh well that's obviously like a sight to see because that's that's new to her she didn't know that so that's her learning that oh if that didn't happen this is what would have happened this is what would have happened if steve wasn't shot and whatnot and then i hadn't hopped in steve would have been the super soldier so it was interesting to see once they all got together and they kind of talked about the differences in their universes, how each of the characters reacted to, oh, if I didn't do this, this would have happened. Or if I hadn't done this, this would have also happened. So it was kind of interesting to see what would have transpired if the characters didn't do their choices that they did. But that's the whole point of the show to see what would happen if someone else, someone got like ticked off and they became like an enemy and they killed off all the Avengers before they even had a chance to get together. Or, what if Strange had Christine in the car and he decided to lose it in his hands, he lost the love of his life, and what lengths he would go to in order to bring her back? I found it interesting. I know a lot of people didn't like the show, but I found it interesting going along and watching it. All right, so now we're gonna talk about powerful scenes. Obviously, there is a lot I wanna say because each episode had its own story in itself. And you kind of you had, like, these funny flashbacks and references, like, in the first one, you have Bucky saying, hey, you almost ripped my arm off when Peggy caught him from falling off the train. Obviously, you nod to him falling off the train and losing his arm and becoming the warrior soldier. So that was kind of funny, like, in that sense. You have, like, Thor and Loki actually, like, being brothers and being nice to each other. Obviously, that's not to them not being nice to each other. But there's just the little things like that that you pick up on. And some of the things are like shot for shot of what actually happened in the MCU, which I thought was kind of cool. Like Peggy breaking down the door with like the rest of her allies and they're all like starting to shoot their guns off. Like that's a direct reference to Captain America, the first Avenger. And it's just nice to see that, oh, some things never changed throughout the universe. Some things will just always be the same. So the first big major thing, well, when I'm looking at these powerful scenes, I'm basically looking at them How did they contribute to the finale? How did they contribute to Ultron being somewhat defeated? So that's what I'm kind of looking for when I pick these out. So the first thing was Sinister Strange being trapped in his own universe and having literally nothing left. He was just imprisoned in this little orb. (laughs) It was just him, himself, and him. (laughs) It was literally just him left. He had nothing and he was just, I guess he was just going to die of hunger? i don't know how long he would have lasted he did last a little bit though because the watcher obviously came back to ask for his help but it was one of the more darker episodes because it didn't have like a happy ending like that was really the first one that we saw that had detrimental consequences like peggy's ending she just went to the future she was back in 2012. t'challa he got reunited with his family and peter quill got taken they said that that led to the end of that universe, but they didn't actually just show it. They ended the episode. The third one where all the Avengers got killed off, it they didn't say it was like the end of the universe, but for us, it's kind of like, well, there's no Avengers now, but now what? So that was really the first one where we, sh- where we physically saw what the consequences of his actions were and how it literally just destroyed that universe until there's literally just Steven left. The other one I talked about that I didn't mention earlier... Was Thor and Loki being happy to see each other? It just warmed my heart because at first it kind of teased it, like, "Oh, look at them! They're the mischievous brothers again. They don't like each other." But then they really like, had fun. and did like a little handshake thing, and Loki's like, "Ah, it's my brother from another mother!" Like they they were so cute, and I was really happy to see. Like I, I smiled at that. I was like, "Look at them go, being all brotherlike and whatnot." And it was just really nice to see them in that universe. Loki embraced who he truly was so obviously they told him that he was a frost and he was adopted and they must have done that at an early age because he really he really embraced it like they saw we saw him throughout the episode in his giant form and he was open he was very transparent with thor and he was very happy and very loving and thor was also there to see it so they were happy to see each other and that made me that made me smile next big one of course was ultron finding the watcher and going like through and like into the multiverse i'm not entirely sure what the I don't even know what to call it. I'm going to call it the little dimension, the little dimension that the Watcher is in to actually see all the multiverses. But you hear the Watcher kind of speaking to us, and then you kind of see Ultron flick around a little bit. He's like, wait, there's somebody else talking. And then eventually he figured out how to get through it. And he wasn't the first one that we saw him start to pick up on the Watcher's presence. Like Steven, like Sinister Strange, picked it up even before the Watcher started talking to him. He kind of like, oh, who said that? Like he's kind of, he probably thought he was going like delusional or something like that, but no, it was the Watcher talking to him and Ultron like picked up on it and he's like, oh, there's more universes other than my own. He's like, I need to just go conquer them because he's just a mindless machine and he just knows conquer everything. So when Ultron broke through it, the Watcher was like, uh-oh, this android was able to find out where I was. The Watcher actually, I didn't know the Watcher's powers. So seeing him fight Ultron with a full set of Infinity Stones I was very impressed because of, I didn't know his powers, so I was like, okay, this, this dude can contend with a full set of infinity, infinity stones. And he seemed very confident with it at first, and then all of a sudden it started to go down the tubes when Ultron was literally just throwing him in different universes. And he literally took a bite out of one of them. He literally destroyed a universe by just making himself just so big and just biting in, which I thought was a weird way to destroy a universe, but all right, whatever floats you're about there, about there Ultron. And the last final thing that was very powerful was, of course, Ultron and Killmonger getting trapped in their own universe to forever be at war. It's just, that's what Strange said. He goes, this was never about beating that, like, killing them or whatever, defeating them. It was just stopping them from just destroying everything. And that's what they did. They imprisoned them in a the little, little universe thing. And Strange has to look out for it. Which I honestly think that might... That might be the plot of Multiverse of Madness. I don't know. I'm just kind of like throwing it out there because all of a sudden now, after watching the Multiverse of Madness trailer, what if is totally canon to it, which I never thought it could be because it was a cartoon show. This is like, oh, kind of just what if this happened? What if that happened? It was kind of lighthearted and funny until you watch the trailer. You're like, oh, shoot, this is actually happening. So anyway, so you kind of have Strange holding on to the i'm gonna say a little pocket dimension thing a little universe that ultron and killmonger are in but now that we see that strange in the trailer that means that killmonger and ultron could also be there too like we see steven holding like our strange holding something after like going through a book and kind of going through like the different things that he did in what if so i have a feeling uh, this is my bold prediction that somehow in some way Ultron and Killmonger got out of their prison thing and there's are just like unleashing just havoc across the multiverse and that's Strange and Wanda and American Chavez all team up to try and I guess contain them again. That's what my bold prediction is but we'll see how that plays out. All right, next we're moving on to characters. Like I said earlier, this is kind of hard for me to figure out which characters exactly I would be doing So the main two that I'm gonna be doing is of course the Watcher. And I'm just gonna do Sinister Strange because he, in my opinion, had one of the most compelling story arcs out of all of them, and the most character development out of like each of the individual episodes. So that's why I'm choosing to talk about those two. So the Watcher, he swore an oath to not interfere with any events. Even when he was really tempted to save the universe, he didn't. We see it in the finale, Clint and Nat are trying to give up on searching through the files to find Zola. And he's saying to himself, I could interfere. I can show them which one it is. But he just held out hope that eventually they would find it. And they did. So he was proud of himself. He goes, okay, cool. I didn't have to interfere. They figured it out. Good for them. Good for me. Everything's all on track and whatnot. I'm kind of interested to figure out who he swore an oath to. Is it to this Illuminati board of people? Is it to them they swore an oath to? Because I don't know, because the Watcher seems kind of like an all-knowing being because he's seen all and know all and knows how everything's happened. So to me, it didn't sound like he would answer to anybody, but obviously he does. So who does he answer to? I do not know. It wasn't until Ultron found him that he had to interfere. There was no way of getting around it that he couldn't sit idly and watch it. He hated asking Steven for help. But he had no other choice, and it was the funniest thing ever. Of course, Steven, being his ego-filled self, he enjoyed watch- having the watcher. He's like, you're going to make me say it? He goes, oh, yeah. He's like, I want to hear you say it. He's like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like, I need your help. And you just see Steven with this, this smug this smug look on his face. And it's the funniest thing ever because Steven's like, oh, I'm sorry. What was that? Did, can you say please a little louder for me? Like It's just like, funny having, like tormenting him a little bit when he needs his help. So then we'll move on to Stephen, or Sinister Strange as the subtitles call it. He was willing to do anything to save Christine. Every time that he went back in time and replayed like the car crash or the the gunfight that he was in was in one point, he was still feeling like all that pain countlessly over and over and over again. I can't imagine how painful that is, but he was willing to do it because he loved Christine and he was literally trying to do anything to make sure that she didn't die. They tried... I don't even know how many times he tried. He tried stalling a little bit. He tried not going to it at all. He tried just going to a pizza place instead. Anything that he tried was not working. He kept just failing over and over again. Eventually, after who knows how many times, the Ancient One told him that her death was an absolute point in time and that nothing he could do would change it. She's like, this has to happen. And it will keep happening because it has to in order for you to become Doctor Strange. Because... We've seen in our MCU of like Infinity War and Endgame, what an impact Strange has on those two, on that like whole event. So if he wasn't Doctor Strange, things could have gone totally different if somebody else was, or if there was no like quote unquote Doctor Strange at all. So we needed him. We needed him be, to become Doctor Strange. So that had to happen in order for that to transpire. So she was smart, the ancient one, in my opinion. And broke off just like split in half, like two Stevens, to live on one timeline, which I know the TVA would be knocking on her door if she did that. But regardless, so she split it in half so she could see how both Stevens would play out, good Steven and Bad Steven. Good Steven decided not to look into it further and he's like, Alright, well I'll just I'll just go make tea with Wong and whatnot and we'll all go about our business. And the other one was saying, I have to get her back. Let me go to, like, Agamotto and whatnot. And let me try and find all these ancient spell books. Let me just zap the powers from all these beings. Which one of those beings we do see in the Multiverse Madness trailer. Which I'm like, okay, here we go. Like, they're all starting to, like, connect now. Which I think is really cool. So, after he finally musters up enough power to do stuff. He tries it. And this time he actually succeeds it. But eventually, at this point in time, R. Strange was warned by the Ancient One because he goes outside and all of a sudden his world just turns like this black goo that's just like fading away. And he's like, "Oh my God, what is happening?" And eventually, the Ancient One pops up in her ghost-like self, and she warns him. She goes, "Like I split the timeline to have two Stranges on the same timeline. That's like you have to you have to go fight this bad version of yourself that tried to revive Christine." So he's. He's, of course, perked up. He goes, Okay, well, this is. I have to fight this bad version of me, but I kind of want. I understand his intentions and I kind of want this too. Because at one point in time, Sinister Strange showed him, like, an illusion of Christine. And you see him, like, look for a second and saying, Maybe this is. Maybe, like, I do want Christine back. But then he realizes this is, like, this isn't real. Not at this cost. He's like, I'm not destroying the universe over my love. The, the universe shouldn't suffer for this. So finally battle it all out sinister strange loses i think no wait I, I remember now he absorbs our doctor strange's power so basically he kills off our good doctor strange and so now he finally has enough power to revive christine and he did but then the universe literally just like broke and then she started like fading away again and that's when the watcher started talking to him he's like i didn't mean for any of this to happen the universe should not suffer from my mistakes And the watch was like, if I could interfere and punish you and not the universe, I would, but I can't. And then they just left Steven, which sucked. But now we see that black goo once again in the Multiverse of Madness trailer. So obviously our universe is breaking. Like we see the same exact black goo happening to our universe. So someone did something. Someone broke something. Steven right now in the trailer is blaming himself for doing something. Wong, I think Wong blames him for what he did in No Way Home. because you broke the fabric of reality. So as much as we all want to blame Peter for it, we're actually blaming Strange for it. As much as we want to blame Wanda for it, we're still blaming Strange for it. So it's Strange's fault because he helped Peter and now the universe is getting paid for it. So it's kind of just exactly like what if, but in our scenario. So overall, this was my least favorite show of 2021. It wasn't bad. But at the time it came out, it didn't feel like it had a point to it. But now that it's actually canon, I'm very excited to see Sinister Strange make a comeback and maybe even see The Watcher in real life. Like, see see someone play The Watcher, because that would be interesting, too, if, like, the actual Watcher came and you're like, oh, boy, here he is. And have him introduced to R. Strange, because he's not going to know who he is, unless for some crazy magic reason he does. But that would be interesting to see an interaction between R. Steven and The Watcher. And I'm excited to see how the events of No Way Home have to affect the Multiverse of Madness, and how this also drives Multiverse of Madness as well. I'm just very excited for that movie. All right, guys, that's gonna be it for this episode. I know it was a shorter one, but I was a little scrapped on time here today. So I will see you guys next time. Bye bye.